Hi everyone and a fantastic welcome to episode 2 of the Fantastic Podcast. I'm Andrew Knight and I would like to take this moment to thank everyone for listening to episode 1, leaving a comment and subscribing to the podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Today we're going to talk about something that's very important and that would be communities. The title of today's episode is Fantastic Communities and Where to Find Them. And I think that's a very important task. We need to find fantastic communities because communities are really important. They hold together individual persons and they create some kind of sense sometimes. But my motivation to talk today about communities is sadly not due to some fantastic communities, but rather the opposite. Because in in the last few days I had some well encounters with not so fantastic communities or parts of a community that were just not fantastic. And I would like to address this and just take a look at that question of what is a community, what's fantastic communities, and how do we cope with not so fantastic communities. So, let's start with my example. I had some unfortunate encounters in a game I very much like. I'm talking about Overwatch. Blizzard's Overwatch, which is a fantastic game. It's it's so much fun. It's so colorful. You have so many different characters and play styles and it's just a it's a playfest. You can have so much fun in there. Especially if you're there with your friends or a group of, of friends and you have your own little, there we go, community. Unfortunately, last Friday, I was playing some competitive mode. I was really baited by the promise of the new character, Moira, uh, which is sadly not available in competitive right now. And overall, I didn't get to play her for too long in the normal modes but then again I started to play some competitive games because hey I enjoy some competitive games some competitiveness but what I do not enjoy is random harassment which is in short coined toxic behavior these days and sadly that's just what happened to me I was on a game on King's Row and our team was the attacking team. So our first objective was to take point capture point A. On my team we had a at least a group of three players which were a group. Um, thanks to the UI you can easily spot the groups that join together. And so I was rather confident that we would at least take capture point A because as soon as you have three guys playing together, one could take a tank, one could take a healer, and another one takes some support or offensive character. So the chances are pretty high that the game is at least a little bit competitive. Not so much in this case. No one would pick a tank. At least someone, one person picked a healer, but no tank. So... Okay, I took the bullet and switched to Reinhardt, which, to be honest, it's not taking a bullet because Reinhardt is very fun to play. 
Well, the game started, we charged out of our starting area towards capture point A and already got stuck before the first point. And it was really a, a tough line of defense by the defending team and so since the team didn't really push hard, I tried to break the line of defense. I went forward with my Reinhardt, pulled out the big shield and just pushed and it was it was going well but every time I broke the line of defenses and three times I used the charge ability to completely charge through the enemies towards the capture point and hit in the house just next to the capture point which gave my team about 15 seconds to move up and keep pushing on the enemy team which in all three cases they did not do which prompted me to write just a little remark in the chat and that was guys please push which in my opinion is not toxic at all it's just some kind of advice some start of communications because there was not, no communication at this point and we were halfway down the timer so all I did was ask for a little team effort well the response was quite sobering because that group of three they started verbally attacking and harassing me calling me toxic for asking for a push and totally destroying my way of playing Reinhardt. They, well, crit criticizing is a, a euphemism in this case. They just told me that I suck at Reinhardt and I should stop charging. Well, to be honest, I know of cases where people just randomly charge into the enemy lines, but I promise you this wasn't the case here. It was a deliberate charge, it was planned, and I had at least 15 seconds after the charge so I did not die during the charge or directly at the end of the charge. It was the perfect opener to just keep pushing and break the line of defense. Well, the my team, at least those three, did not agree on that. So what happened was a an argument in which I was called the toxic person, which just, I was baffled because... In my opinion, I did nothing to be interpreted as toxic because, well, we know what toxic should mean or at least we have some imagination what we understand with toxic. It's actually what these guys did. They just randomly attacked me instead of trying to work out a solution how to win this game and it was... It was one of those moments that showcased the worst of a generally good community. And that's, for me, actually a game breaker. And I'm so sad to have to say this, but these folks break the game to me. And it's that's nothing new. You have lots of threats and, uh, well, on Twitter, everywhere, you can read about the problems of toxic communities in or the toxic community in Overwatch and the developers have addressed this but it's not very effective so far so they still remain those to toxic people and now it's even worse they have turned the term toxic to their advantage they are now using it to just stigmatize people who do not fit their 
well, beliefs, apparently, or just their, well, what can you call it? It's, it's just so insane. It's just, you're easily, you're easily at a loss of words there because it's not really logical what they are doing. So in this case, I was trying to bring up some teamwork and was attacked as a reward for it. It's, that's just disappointing. It disappoints me to such a degree that I really want to stop playing this game. And I did one more game afterwards. And in this game, someone wished death upon his fellow teammate. Which again, I just... That that was it for me. For me. I, I was not interested in participating in games where people were acting this foolishly. I don't want to say childishly. Because I don't think kids are that dumb I think it's just foolishly it's in my opinion it it's gotta be folks who are just so spoiled brats that they have no other problems than caring or fearing about losing or not being well what is it exactly what is it exactly that they are in for because all they're doing is creating mischief not even mischief, they're creating sorrow, actually. It's absolutely no good. Their toxic behavior, their harassment, is one of the worst parts a community can offer. And sadly, this is now not due to the part, but one of the fe features or functions that really is like a the device that transports that tox toxic behavior is the chat feature. And I know of a lot of people who play certain online games without the chat. If, if possi possible, they turn off the chat. And if not, they just try to ignore it or do some overlay so they don't, have, they don't have to read the chat. And this is really something that's a shame. Because if you go back a couple of years, maybe a decade, chatting in online games was like revolutionary. Chatting and communicating is one of the things that makes online great. That's something that connects you and me across borders. I mean, if you're listening to this now, I'm pretty sure that you're not in the same country, maybe not even on the same continent as I am, but we're still having some kind of communication that can go back and forth. Now, today, this development sees silence, basically. The wish for silence. It would be like this podcast is flatlined and you're not even there so what's the what's the point of it the communication becomes actually a danger and that's all due to people just going for harassment and aggressive behavior so i understand why some uh, colleagues some friends and some fellow gamers decide to just turn off chat or just don't communicate with other players anymore basically turning it into a single player game just with an online feature well that's overwatch and i hope that things get better i have a positive counter example but that's in some kind it's some somewhat connected to the feature of chat because there as far as i know there is no chat feature or at least i didn't stumble over it so far after Overwatch, I decided to go for some Dreadnought. Dreadnought is a game for PC and PS4. And it's it's basically space opera. It's 
I really like it very much right now. It's you being the captain of the big spaceship and lots of rockets, guns and all the good stuff. And you basically join multiplayer battles. I think it's the one is six on six, eight on eight. It's it's a big space battle, actually. That's all that is to it. But what I find very convincing is how the battles, the simulation, the it's very arcade simulation like. So it's not a a tough simulation where you have to play with numbers. It's it's basically left stick forward and you accelerate and then just keep moving around. It's in that case, in one case, it's it's quite a simulation because the ships are not very well. They're they're quite heavy, and and you get the feeling you're steering huge battleships and not just a tiny fighter. So that's something on the part of the simulation I would like. And at the same time, it's it's quite a quite a fight, you would say. You have your turrets. You keep firing from all guns. You have rockets. You have special abilities that are on cooldown and you have four different classes from support and heal over uh, cruisers that are basically the like dps i would say and also sniper a sniper class which uh, i keep forgetting all the time what the class is called it's a well you can look it up but i've been there's a reason why i don't remember that class because i've been playing the basically i guess it's a tank class the dreadnought for most of the time because that's a, a huge ship heavily armored got guns left and right broadside missiles rocket missiles and a warp drive a short warp drive which is really fun to play and you get this feeling like you're in the middle of a space battle battle like in star trek discovery right now which is now dreadnought is a perfect filler in between the two two halves of the seasons season and it's just what else do you want you have a break from star trek and now let's go and have some space battles and what dreadnought offers are some of the more crazy epic moments and i'm always looking for epic moments because who doesn't like epic fantastic moments and just picture this you're on your way with your fleet to the designated battle area and the fight engages, you engage the enemy fleet from quite a far distance and they're taking quite some damage but it's it's a critical situation. So you power up your warp drive, your broadside missiles are ready and you just jump right into the enemy armada and unleash your broadside missiles and you take down at least one or two ships. And that's something that, ju that just happened to me in a, a game of... Um, Dreadnought, and that's just one of those moments that keeps me playing, to be honest. One of those epic moments that just makes it feel really cool and really epic. Also take into consideration that there is, there is a great soundtrack, great music, and, well, of course, great graphics. But let's get back to our topic, communities. What about the community in Dreadnought? Well, Dreadnought is a free-to-play game, after all, and... That's interesting. Overwatch is not free to play, but still, you have so much toxic players. I have not encountered any toxic players in Dreadnought, but this may have one very simple reason. I did not notice any sophisticated chat mode 
or chat function in the game. I've played several games now. I know there is you can build a squad, but I was playing Lone Wolf so far. But I have not gotten into a deeper conversation or communication with other players. There are, of course, um, well, there is actually, is there a, like, a real chat wheel function? I actually don't know, because so far there was no necessity of communication, because during the battles it's pretty much clear what to do. You engage the fleet and you try to work together. The healers are healing, the tanks are tanking, and the cruisers and the uh, sniper class battleships are just doing damage. So we have a lack of a chat function, but that is not really a bad thing so far. Is it really the reason why it's it's got a better community? I can't say much about the community, but I can say that the game is pretty great. But that might be a very problematic turn of events. If a game is good because there is no community or at least a hidden community, maybe um, somewhere online or in smaller groups, then this is a problematic turn of events. Very simple because you have to exclude communities to have a good game. And why would you want to do that? Because you're taking away one of the major elements of online gaming, the bonding and the creating of communities, of groups, of, well, of friendships also. So I really like Dreadnought, but at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of, well, on the one hand side, I want to say, well, it's great. I don't have to communicate with other players. Um, it's a reduced chat feature or a, not a non-existent chat feature. And... On the other hand, I'm kind of sad that I don't get to build a community or a group or a guild or a, a clan, whatever. It seems like this development is something that is taking over more and more. If you compare Overwatch, Dreadnought to another Blizzard and, and Dreadnought to another Blizzard game, Hearthstone, you will notice that Hearthstone is a very popular, very successful game but it has no direct chat feature. Maybe similar to uh, Dreadnought, um, where you definitely have a squad function or a squad mode, where you can build up a group up to four battleships, four or five battleships, which I suppose has at least a mode of communication over the uh, voice feature of the PlayStation. In Hearthstone, it's pretty similar because there is no direct chat feature. So if you join a game with your opponent, you can only interact with him through six chat emotes by clicking on your portrait. But there is no like standard chat window where you can type in phrases. It kind of reminds me of the uh, of the old was it Solitaire or Hearts? One of those Microsoft games that were pre-installed on your uh, PC back in the days where you mostly you were playing with your computer opponent but once you got hooked up to the internet you could go online and then you had like 10 pre-written phrases you could use to communicate with your opponent or opponents and that's pretty much what it did in Hearthstone so they are limiting the 
possibilities of communication and they even removed one or they changed one of the emotes or the communication emotes because it was used to harass other other people it was the was it which emote was it it was one of the emotes which was used to basically bad manner do doing some bad mannering or whatever the verb would be um it was i will it was the it was the threat i think it was the threat emote they removed it to well restrict players from harassing others by spamming this emote and that's a sad statement for another community if you have to change the game because they are basically exploiting it to harass other peoples or opponents well saying this of course you can never underestimate that there is a certain amount of emotion involved in games and especially if it's the more competitive it gets the more well quote-unquote important the game becomes but then again i have to stress out one thing it might not be just a game but it still is a game and it's supposed to be fun and if you're just going into competitive modes or worse if you're not in competitive modes and you're taking it way too seriously I want to remind you that it's a game that's supposed to be fun for you. I used to judge, and I still do judge, games by how much fun they are when I'm losing. Take, for example, Counter-Strike Source. When I started, I think Counter-Strike Source was the first online game I ever played. And I was constantly dying. I was dying and losing. And I had stats like 0 to 12. So 0 kills and 12 times dying which is a horrible kill-death ratio. And nowadays I go, like, on bad days I go even 1-1, so 12-12 or 7-7. But back then, 0-12 to was a horrible kill-death ratio, but I had so much fun just running around on the maps, exploring the maps, maybe shooting at guys and just running around with other players and having this feeling of online interaction and... Just more than AI team members. So that's just really something I hold on to. If I lose at a game, I want, want it to be fun. And Overwatch is actually a game where when I lose, when I die as a character and then respawn, I'm not mad because it's fun. It's fun. Most of the time you die because you're doing something great. Because there are, of course, the moments where you get overrun by an enemy team, but that's just how it is, and that's something you hardly can avoid. But then again, you can work out a, a tactic, a strategy, to stop that enemy onslaught. Well, is it now to ban chat features or to integrate chat features? I don't think we should ban chat features, because the chat feature is not the problem. It's just something that... Is like a, it's like the truck that transports toxic, toxic behavior. It can transport, but it doesn't have to. And I want to continue with another example, which just takes us away from the online world, the online gaming community, and takes place in the scientific community. Um, I'm working at the university, and for me, looking at those toxic communities in online games is not just a phenomenon that we find online because online everyone is crazy and everyone is like bad-mannered and we're just doing crazy shit stuff and all that things. No, 
sadly and unfortunately. And at the same time, it's kind of an alerting fact. We find that toxic behavior all around us. So we find it in the offline area or the offline offline um, part of life, if you want. That's really alerting to me. Because when I go to university and I've encountered some people now who have that toxic attitude towards fellow students and colleagues. So we're talking about uh, PhD students, doctoral students, um, also late master degree students. And I have one specific colleague and he's just, it's, it's very difficult. He is one of those guys who float on the intellectual high horse or they, they are riding the intellectual high horse, believing that he himself is one of the most intellectual people in all, of, in all the world, in, over, over the whole world. He's just, he got it figured out. But the problem is that this is just, once the interaction with other people starts, it's just toxic behavior and dismantling them. Comments or if, just picture this, um, someone gives a presentation on his or her project and that guy just rips you apart because out of spite. Not because of cons constructive criticism, no, just because of spite and because of this behavior that he himself is the best in the world. And it, it's in no, I can see no way how this is good to anyone. And I'm kind of afraid if we have more of this toxic behavior in the, uh, I'm calling it offline community now, in everywhere offline because this points towards a development of society. So it's not only online games, so we can't just push it away as something, well, that's online. In the real world, people are behaving perfectly well. No, it's, it's not the case. People are behaving toxic in the real world. Just take all the discussions on male sexual harassment against women. It's it's toxic behavior on part of most men, also on part of women who support the sexual harassment. There are, well, that's that's a whole other topic, but toxic behavior is just part of society at the moment. And this is and should be alerting to all of us. And her toxic behavior and toxic communities in online games is just another branch of this societal development of society. Well, we find communities in online games and in the academia, in the academic world, and they are, of course, somewhat connected. Communities are just not something we can erase from tomorrow. They are totally necessary. And I think it is worth to look for fantastic communities and keep building them. Overwatch is an example where we have still a load of work to do. Dreadnought is something where at the moment it seems like there isn't a lot of community building going on, but there are some efforts. There are like online communities building right now, mostly through Let's Players or YouTubers. The real world communities are also something that we have to look out and we have to make sure that they stay fantastic or they become fantastic again and eradicate, eradi well, eradicate, eradicate toxic behavior. That would be quite a strong language, but we have to basically 
address toxic behavior and stop it because it's a very destructive force. Finally, one more example from the gaming world and this is really my personal experience and why I have a very high opinion, high praise for communities, especially when they are fantastic communities and provide the base for good experiences and good teamwork and good projects to come out of it. I want to give you one more example for an online community that works really well, but also has developed over the years, and that would be the community of Classic World of Warcraft. It's now been over 10 years since the Classic World of Warcraft was la launched. Now we have had like five more add-ons, I don't know, but the game has developed and so have the communities or the community overall. Back in the classic days, I used to play quite a lot, I admit that. Um, it was like the perfect game for someone, some geek like me, trying to fit into some real world that was really his kind of style. And on the other hand, you have that, well, the offer of a fantastic world where elves and humans, orcs and all those fantastic creatures are in a struggle and you have that, I mean, 10 years ago, 12, what's nowadays quite a standard, you have a open world you can explore, a persistent world that really becomes something like a playground, a basically, basically a big playground. It was like perfect adventure for a young teenager in my young teens and late teens and what I found there was a community, a group of people, later a guild, that I still consider good friends till this day. And that's really one of the best examples for a fantastic and good community. And those communities, they depended heavily on, on us working together. There were some, some goals set like raiding or uh, player versus player, fighting against the enemy faction. But overall, it had one major element in common and that was we all had fun. We just enjoyed the fantastic world that we found in uh, Azeroth. And so this is for me still up to this day one of the perfect examples for a fantastic community. Of course um, this smaller community like our guild was embedded in a bigger community but it still had that feeling of a fantastic and not toxic community. So that's very interesting. You have rarely any toxic behavior or toxic elements in that community 10 to uh, 12 years ago. Of course you had some of the trolls. They usually were found on the online uh, forum or somewhere. They usually created a troll character so they could really do the trolling. But compared to what we find today it's rather it was rather fun compared it was just some guy like complaining about either a mechanic a class that was just too strong or some guild that took away the their raiding boss or something it was it was still in the in the param parameters of normal communication and there was there was actually the possibility to communicate so you could like reply nowadays toxic communication toxic behavior just there is no good response to that
So another question would be, what is the difference between a gaming community 10 years ago and a gaming community today? Well, Warcraft is still running strong. We have Legion right now and I have little to no insight on the community right now. So I can really tell how it's going. The latest BlizzCon made the impression that the community is still one of the major, major topics for the developers as well and for the company. And in my opinion, that's really what they should focus on because I played a lot of Warcraft back in Classic and also Burning Crusade, so the first add-on. But for me, it was never the reason, oh, the game is addictive, I can't stop playing because I have to get item A, B, C. For me, it was always the reasoning, it's not a game, it's a community that's addictive. And in our case, that was really the addictive factor, if you want to call that. It was a cool super group that just stuck together and we all became friends over time and still are up to this day. So you can clearly see by this example how important and how strong communities are and what they actually mean and what an important element they are for our society. Well, it's, it's a difficult topic but it's an important topic. And I think it's very much worth it to look for those fantastic communities. And although Overwatch has some toxic problems, let's not give up and keep looking for those fantastic elements and try to make it better. And until then, let's keep an eye open for fantastic communities. You're listening to the Fantastic Podcast, and I can't thank you enough for tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Let me know in the comments or on Twitter. Thank you. Now it's time to bring up some other communities that I would like to take a look today at. We had you know, some real-life communities, some offline communities and some gaming communities, but there are also other communities that really inspire us to be fantastic and so I would consider them fantastic communities. I'm talking about YouTube communities now in specific. YouTube communities are something rather young. There are communities that are dependent on certain people who just make the community grow, who are like the center of the community. And in my opinion, I think that those communities have quite a potential to be a game changer, basically. Well, the big advantage of YouTube communities is that they portray a certain lifestyle may it be in the area of traveling, in the area of gaming, in the area of just Netflixing, they portray a certain lifestyle that is very expressive, very modern, very, very active. So I consider those YouTube communities a great chance for people to be inspired at least by certain activities. There is one example I want to name in specific here and that would be Markiplier. There are of course a lot of YouTubers out there in all the different languages and I'm going for a gaming channel again but because of a quite specific reason because it's a channel that is primarily gaming but it's also somewhat intertwined with the offline area of our lives. So I think Markiplier is a 
perfect example for an inspiring and fantastic community around a YouTuber personality. So Markiplier, who is quite a quirky and quite loud person, and one could say he might be on speed some of the time, but please understand this is a compliment. He is a very active and very loud YouTube personality who does gaming videos, let's plays and other sketch comedy videos, which is all about one thing and that's fun. And that is just so amazing and it's something we should see way more often in life today. Just that fantastic, funny and positive attitude toward everyday life and just the impression that everything is possible. And that is one of the best examples you can get for a fantastic community out there. A community that sticks together and also inspires people to be bigger, greater and better. Also not in a narcissistic way, but in a cooperative way. So you're a big community, you're holding together, you're sticking together, but you're also very inclusive. So it's not a, a community that is close to others. No, everyone is welcome. It's a welcoming community. And as far as I am concerned, the community behind Markiplier, around Markiplier, is probably one of the best. I know there are a lot of arguments and there are also some communities who are almost like hostile towards other YouTubers. Of course you would find that, but in this case it's really about the positive communities. Also in the German-speaking area there are certain YouTubers, for example Paluten or GLP German Let's Play, who portray a wonderful way of integrating gaming into daily life and through vlogs way more. Just a, a certain lifestyle that has this expressive and active quality that a community should inspire, in my opinion. So let's have a look at one more community here today. And that will be the wrestling community. Yeah, that might come as a surprise. But I think that the wrestling community, not only the community behind uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE, but also the wrestling communities behind Ring of Honor, New Japan Wrestling and so on, are pretty fantastic examples for a good community. They are united behind one common interest and that would be wrestling. And, well, let's just clear up one thing before, yeah, wrestling is not real, it's not a sport in that uh, case, but it is a pretty darn entertaining show. And if you're, you, if you're watching a soap or if you're just watching something on Netflix, it's basically the same. It's a show that's scripted, it's got great storylines, some are not so great, but that's also part of the community to, well, actually judge, almost. But it's, ju it's just an entertainment. It's an entertainment program that has good and bad stories and that's just what we the community like to discuss. There are numerous podcasts, you find it all over Twitter when an event like last Sunday's Survivor Series goes down, people are talking and writing about it and this is really the core element of a fantastic community. And so we've, we've come full, full circle now. We're back to chatting again, basically. The communication. It is really 
the most important element of a community and you want to be part of the community because you're looking for the communication with other like-minded people or maybe not like-minded people. Um, it's also wonderful if you have people you're disagreeing on, you can have an argument with them and split ways without hating each other. And that can be the case in wrestling. You might like a match, maybe your partner doesn't like the match so you're on different opinions there, but still it's not about agreeing, it's about having the same, well, almost obsession. It, it's a strong word and it might be coined negative, but it's it's not. It's just something you're really into and you like to talk about it even after it's done playing on TV. So the wrestling community is, in my opinion, a strong, active and expressive, not oppressive, it's an expressive community that circles around or builds itself around that common interest in basically a good story. A good story that's sometimes simple, sometimes a little bit more delicate, um, often controversial, but it's just a common interest that gets people together. And of course you have that big machine of a company, in case of WWE or the other companies, behind that community, but what happens in the community is really up to us. So how we interact, how we communicate and about what we talk, that's really up to us. And that should be a reminder when we think of communities like Overwatch that it is in our hands. And also we can't just ignore the chat feature because how are we going to build a community and what use is all of it when we don't build a community around a wonderful game. Communities are something we desperately need. And now more than ever, we need positive, fantastic communities. Wrapping this up, we can take a look at different communities. We had Overwatch and Dreadnought gaming communities that are somewhat existent or non-existent or maybe even very difficult. The Overwatch community is just, it will be on my mind for quite some time, I guess. I hope it gets better. I hope I believe you guys, if you played or if you heard of it, you're also in favor of the community improving. Dreadnought, a game that basically has no chat feature and therefore limits its community, it opens for us the question, how much community can you build without a chat feature? It brings up Hearthstone again, which is a perfect example, a thriving community a rather positive community as far as I've experienced it. But do you need the chat feature or is it just going to happen online on Twitter? I believe in Twitter as a great tool to build communities next to a, a medium, like maybe a community around a movie or a TV series. And so I believe that Overwatch, maybe also, but games like Dreadnought or Hearthstone, who, or which do not have a integrated community building feature like a chat or a, a friend system. Well, Hearthstone does have a friend system, and by Dreadnought, uh, with Dreadnought, it's basically the PS4's friend network. But Twitter can be, in all those cases, a good addition to a community building feature. 
Well, if you compare it to real-life societies, communities, the scientific community, for example, you have those toxic elements as well, and you're still in desperate need of finding that fantastic community out there. And good news, it's there. The fantastic communities are also there in real life. Either you have to find it or you have to build it. It's, it's pretty simple. Build a fantastic community. And that's where it all connects, in my opinion. We have online communities, we have fantasy communities, and we have real-life communities. All of them can be fantastic. If you look at YouTube communities, they are the perfect example of a community that happens online but also transcends to the real-life and the resting community, as I've explained it to you, is just that. It's a community that centers around a stage show, but is so real for the people involved that it's it's not just a fictitious world that you are part of. It's a real-life community. And to us, this community building around fantastic worlds, around fantastic well, things to do just about fantastic sports or just daily content on YouTube, the interaction that's connected with it. That is a opportunity that transports positive thoughts and fantastic ideas. So I would ask all of you to share your fantastic communities, the fantastic communities that you maybe. Maybe you've created some, maybe you know some, maybe you want to share your favorite YouTuber community, your favorite gaming community. There are a lot of amazing and thriving communities out there. And to us, it's just important. We need to discover those communities and keep them alive because those communities are not the minority. The toxic behavior, the the folks who harass other people and who just have a disregard of life, I want to call it. I want to go strong here now. Those people, those are the minority. Those are the ones that stand against all the positivity, against an expressive lifestyle. And we have to counter them. And how do we do that? Not by directly attacking them. No, we just we nurture the fantastic communities. We build them up, we give them our energy, and in return, we get just that. We get a positive community, we are just more than one individual, we are part of a good group, a fantastic community, just like you, when you're listening to this podcast, you're already part of a community that believes in a fantastic idea, and that would be that through fantastic thoughts, we can improve so much, and that with a curious mind, you can just go out there and have basically a better day and improve everything. It's not a, a thinking of functionality. It's not you have to function better than you did the day before, but it's about improving. It's improving the mindset. It's improving the communication with our fellow humans. It's a, it's a very positive and idealistic thought, but I believe it's necessary that we keep believing in this fantastic way of life, in a fantastic way of going forward. And we can only do this with communities. We can't do it alone. We can try to, but we need fantastic communities. And I, I, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast, but I also want to thank 
all those fantastic communities that I've mentioned today. And I also want to do a big shout out to those communities in dire situations like the, the Overwatch community. Of course, I tend to quit the game after 10 games of toxic behavior. But I will go back because the game is, has so much potential and just now recently when they released on the PTR the new map, the Blizzard, Blizzard World, I mean, it's so colorful, it's so expressive, it's, it's a playground, it's basically a playground. And that's motivation to say no to toxic behavior, to toxic communities, and go find those fellow folks from the fantastic communities, those fellow folks who also believe in fantastic stuff, fantastic way of, the fantastic way of life, and just believe in a better future as well. I truly believe that by building on those fantastic communities, we are stronger than ever. So go out there and find the fantastic communities, build them if necessary, but it will be worth it. So this was episode 2 of the fantastic podcast, Fantastic Communities and Where to Find Them. Thank you so much for tuning in again. If you liked what you heard here, please let me know in the comments. Contact me on Twitter. I would love to hear from you. If you've not subscribed, please do so if you want. You can also subscribe to the fantastic podcast on iTunes so you always get the newest episode as soon as possible. So thank you again for listening to the podcast and tuning in to today's episode. I'm Andrew Knight and I will see you in the next episode of the Fantastic Podcast with more fantastic topics.